revolution. Your paradigm is about to shift at the intersection of fact and reason. You're entering Kingston Country. I'm Dan Kingston, and you're listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. Steve Bannon indicted for ignoring a congressional subpoena. The House of Representatives referred Bannon to the Justice Department for prosecution. That was last month after he refused to cooperate, citing executive privilege with the January 6th Select Committee. Contempt of Congress. The charges are extremely rare. Last time that this was brought on, I guess, was over a decade ago. Watergate, I think, was the last time, and this has almost never led to conviction. Bannon, of course, is citing executive privilege here. What is the obsession still with Trump? They are so obsessed with Trump. And, of course, they believe that this is going to be what leads them to Trump. They believe that if they just interview, uh, subpoena enough people, that they're going to get to Trump. Isn't this all about Trump? And why? Why are they so obsessed with him? You know, whenever somebody angers you, whenever they get on your, you know, get under your skin, then they have a power over you, right? Don't they have a control over you? Have you ever felt that way where somebody had this control over you because you hated them so much or they irritated you so much? Maybe you have a control over somebody for that very reason. And you know, you know that you can so easily just prod and poke and, you know, make somebody irritated. And that's how you get to them. Because when somebody irritates you or angers you, They have control over you. And right now, and since the beginning, Trump has had this control. And that's why they're so obsessed with Bannon. That's why they're uh, trying to make something that historically there's no precedent. uh, Very, very little precedent for contempt of Congress charges when somebody's citing executive privilege. What's going to happen here? This is probably not going to lead to a conviction. This is just uh, uh, theater. And they're trying to make it look like they're, you know, they got teeth and they're going to show how, you know, the select committee that is. I'm talking about the select committee trying to show how big and bad they are. They're so big and bad. So is Bannon going to see jail time? Probably not. Is Trump going to allow Bannon to testify? Probably not. Is this boring to you? Boring? Steve Bannon being indicted? Do you think that he should just testify? Why? Why are we going back into the past? Americans want to look into the future. And yet they're so, Democrats are so oriented towards looking in the rear view window. They believe that they got to get even. They have to get justice. And instead of pushing their policies forward, they're just hell bent on litigating the past. When really they should be looking at what's coming right now. What's here? Inflation. It's worse than anybody is admitting. The government, uh, Biden, 
The administration has said that it's just a temporary thing. Just temporary. Don't worry about inflation. Well, of course, inflation unraveled Jimmy Carter's presidency. And so shouldn't Biden be more concerned? Or is that why they keep lying, saying it's transitory? Or it's stubbornly transitory? Or it's refusing to go away transitory until just the other day? Biden finally admitted that he is concerned about inflation, that it doesn't look like it's just going to go away. There's economists that are saying, even if you did nothing, put no more money into the economy, that the inflation would last through 2024. So inflation is here to stay. But maybe that's what they meant by transitory. Yeah, it's just going to be a couple years of course, there's going to be more than that because they're pumping in money nonstop into the economy. And Biden actually has the audacity to claim. He actually can claim that the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill is going to help ease inflation. Yeah, this is what he's claiming, that his $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill is going to help ease inflation. And meanwhile, they, they're trying to get more spending passed. Now, of course, now Senator Manchin looks a lot better, doesn't he? He's saying inflation. Watch out for inflation. Now, this is something that conservatives oftentimes, you know, they're worried about it. They say, oh, the spending could lead to inflation. And so maybe this time they're saying Democrats of the left, they're saying, oh, you guys always say that. You always say, watch out for inflation because it's a real concern for middle-class families. Maybe not for the elite, for the, for the elites out there. They don't worry. They don't need to worry about food prices going up, gas prices going up, prices for cars, for everything. Domestic raw products, just everything's going up in price. And also you get less you may you pay less and and you get less. Have you noticed that? For a long time, you paid the same, but you get less. Or you pay a little bit more, but you get less and less and less. Now, you're paying through the roof and you're getting less product, you're getting less service. You you have to wait on hold longer and longer and it's all covid. It's all covid. Well, I got a a, a break for you. A reality check. Okay, it's not covid. They're cutting back services. They're cutting back. That's inflation. Somebody named it skimpflation because they're skimping on you. And there's no way of measuring that. So it's not being measured. You're looking at inflation right now. Prices are increasing 6.2% year after year. This is the biggest annual increase in more than 30 years. Again, inflation unraveled Jimmy Carter's presidency. Is that what's going to happen right now? 57% of Americans disapprove of Biden's handling of the economy, according to the latest NBC poll. It's not like a far-right uh, poll right now. I'm showing you a poll from NBC saying 57% of Americans disapprove of his handling of the economy, and you can see why. Because you just go to the grocery store, to the gas station, to the car lot, 
and you see inflation everywhere around you. So now we have a semiconductor crisis. That's part of the supply chain issue with electronics, cars, computers, phones. Why is China, why are we helping China become self-sufficient in semiconductors? Uh, United States, U.S. firms have helped raise billions for Chinese semiconductor chip startups. Why are we helping China become the new center of semiconductors? Why? Maybe they have infiltrated our government. So even as they're a clear adversary, we are pumping billions and private firms are being allowed. The government, the, the United States is allowing our private firms to invest in semiconductor production in China, which is a clear conflict of interest when it's our adversary and semiconductors are very important for military equipment. Why are we allowing investments to go into China, helping China become self-sufficient in semiconductors when we need to be self-sufficient in semiconductors. Well, it's China. It's China. And unfortunately, money talks. There were companies were working with Nazi Germany before World War II because they were a big player in the economy. Nobody thinks that a conflict's going to break out. Nobody thinks a, a big war is going to break out with China because you can't imagine it. Even if it were to happen, you can't put your arms around it or mind around it. You can't grasp what that would look like. Would it be nuclear? Would it go nuclear? Or would it be a localized conflict? Who would win? Would it, would it uh, be mostly fought underwater like submarines or, or in the air? Would there be a land invasion? People try to simulate this. Trust me. I mean, you know. I mean, you're a member of the armed forces, and you know they're simulating war games all the time. And it looks like, actually, if it happened today, Taiwan would fall to China. They'd be able to invade Taiwan and take it. And that's why you see a huge military push to uh, being able to defend Taiwan, because that's where most of the semiconductors are made right now. And China is known to want to become self-sufficient in semiconductors, taken Taiwan, would achieve that objective overnight. This is Kingston Country. Inflation. Are you worried about inflation? What is the, um, the most significant thing that you've noticed besides gas? Is it steak? For me, it's steak. I like cooking up a steak in the oven and getting it nice and crispy like a like a ribeye or a tri-tip. And, uh, and it's expensive. Now, for a ribeye steak, it's really expensive. I mean, I, maybe like twice, three times what it used to be. And other products have doubled in price. Water used to be, you used to get a bottle of water for a dollar. Now it's $2. Oh, okay. Oh, we just went up a dollar. What are you complaining about, Kingston? What are you complaining about, Dan Kingston? Well, you sound like an elite. Maybe you're one of the elites. Maybe it doesn't matter to you when things start doubling in price. But if everything's double, that means your grocery store bill is double. People budget. They budget. 
and they're not getting paid more. They're getting paid the same and they're getting less and they're getting less services. This is a crime against the American people. And it's a crime that Biden said, oh, it's transitory. It's transitory. Because he wanted to get his infrastructure bill passed. And he knew that if he admitted that inflation was a real thing, that actually it would back up Manchin. That Senator Manchin would have a point in saying, slow down. Isn't that what this is about? He was lying about inflation being transitory when everybody knew that it's not. That this isn't just going to be something you wish away. Man, this guy, for all the criticisms of Trump, remember they say, oh, Trump just wished COVID away. Well, look at this. He's wishing inflation away. This is the same thing, only worse, because this time this guy's not being straight up about what he believes or what he's going to do. This time he's just doing it in the dark behind a closed door because he says, trust me, I'm Joe Biden and I'm an angel. You know me. You put me in the office because I'm the good guy. I'm the good guy. And he feels emboldened to do anything. He'll do anything because he feels like he's the good guy. And isn't that the larger problem with the far left? They don't believe in democracy. They don't believe in a republic. They believe in their ideology, and that's it. They're zealots. And zealotry has no place in a republic. You might as well just hand it over to the dictator. Might as well make Don Lemon president. Did you hear about Don Lemon accused of acting inappropriately? At a dive bar. This is funny. This is, this is, I, I don't know. Do you, did you hear about this story? I don't know if I believe it. This might be a hit job on Don Lemon. This guy, apparently he bought Don Lemon a drink at a bar. Who would buy Don Lemon? And this guy's a straight guy. He's straight, apparently. And he, he buys Don Lemon a drink at a bar. And then Don Lemon sticks his uh, hand later on down his crotch. You know, this is allegedly. And, and shoves it in, the, in this uh, patron's uh, nose or under his mustache or whatever and says, uh, do you like pussy or do you like dick? I, this is, it's a crazy story. L- here's the, the uh, victim, alleged victim, being uh, recorded or interviewed by Megyn Kelly. Listen, his own words. It's a, it's a really weird story. And uh, I decided to approach him and I said, hey, Don, let me buy you a drink. And before he could even respond, I looked at the bartender and I said, let me get two lemon drops. And if anything, that was an attempt at humor. Okay, two lemon drops. He's saying, Don, you know, let me get you a drink. And he gets him two lemon drops. Don Lemon. Like, okay, that's a joke. And th- this guy says he's, he's straight. He acknowledges later on in the interview, Megan asks him straight up, are you straight? And the guy says, yeah, I'm actually, I'm engaged uh, to a woman. And, okay, listen, this is later on in the story. Listen to this. Yeah, so after he says, "Are you? do you like me? Is that why you're effing with me? And I said, no, just wanted to say what's up, man. And I look at my boss, and I look back, and he has his hand in his pants rubbing himself aggressively, and he shoves his two fingers up underneath my mustache, thrusts my head back, and says, do you like pussy or dick? And he said it like two or three times after that. And I just said, what the hell, man? And I just ran out the back door. <laughs> he just Okay, so, you know, first of all, who, everybody knows Don Lemon's gay. 
And everybody knows if you've seen the New New Year's Eve, maybe you haven't, but I have. And he gets wasted every time whenever they do the New Year's Eve party on CNN. So you know that Don Lemon gets drunk and he's gay. And who in their right mind, straight guy, would go up looking at Don Lemon drunk because he did admit that Don Lemon looked inebriated and say, oh, can I buy you a lemon a lemon drop or whatever? Can I buy you a drink? I mean, come on. He, he's kind of asking for it. And I would just, is that fair? Or my, you know, this is kind of a thing where it's like one guy says this happened and it's another guy and, and, and who knows? Who knows? I, I hardly think that Don Lemon should resign over a dive bar incident like this, perhaps the, the guy that offered to buy Don Lemon a drink should take this as a life lesson and move on. Don't buy openly gay individuals uh, a drink at a dive bar and then be surprised when they come on to you. Now, I'm, you know, what, what do you think about this? I'm not defending Don Lemon. But Don Lemon is hardly someone that could even defend himself. He's not a very smart guy. He reads, he reads off the teleprompter, and he struggles at that. Notice how slowly he talks about things. And this is the star of CNN. He's very, very slow and dim-witted. And perhaps he speaks slowly enough for the 80, 90, 100-year-olds that are listening to him to hold on and say, oh, he's such a nice young man, isn't the Don Lemon so nice? The masculinity gap, British researcher from Oxford University says evidence, uh, presenting evidence rather that uh, the political right is more masculine than the left. And that uh, the gap between the masculinity has widened in recent years, this is a report. I can link to it in the podcast. <laughs> Have you noticed? It's kind of obvious, like stating the obvious, isn't it? The right wing is more masculine than the left wing. Or are you out there saying, no, no, the Democrats are more masculine. Oh, yeah, the Democrats, they're more masculine. Nobody's going to argue that one. I don't know if it really took a British researcher from Oxford University to let us know that there's a masculinity gap between the right and the left. Back to the Don Lemon thing. If you saw Don Lemon at a bar, what would you do? I would stay away. I'd like snap a picture maybe, or I would, is that Don Lemon? And then I would stay the hell away. Because would you offer to buy Don Lemon a drink? So this has been an interesting show, hasn't it? We've been talking about inflation. We've been talking about Steve Bannon. What are some topics you'd like to hear discussed? Or do you just like that I pick out the topics? You come here, you know that when you listen to the Dan Kingston podcast, you're going to listen to a good summary of what's going on in the news, the things that are most important to you, and also things that aren't boring. You know, the number one thing that would just kill me is if you ever felt like that this wasn't a fast-paced energetic, exciting show. And that's what the Dan Kingston podcast is all about. It's really about defying, uh, defying uh, ideology and focusing on logic and reason, but in an entertaining way. 
And there is a UFO phenomenon. And there are weird, unexplained things happening all over the world. And for me to ask these questions, sometimes people say, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist and you're dangerous. I'm dangerous for asking questions for things that we don't understand. And other people would just dismiss and say, don't ask those questions. What's it matter to you? What's it matter to anybody? Don't look here. Don't look there. They want you to focus on certain issues, on certain things, and a certain narrative. And everything that I'm trying to do is to get away from that. To not talk about the things everybody else talks about. Because by the time you hear the Dan Kingston podcast, you know what's going on. So it's not about me explaining the news. It's not about me explaining what's going on. It's about me talking about what's happening behind the scenes. Like with the Travis Scott. What kind of demonic possession? What kind of horrible cult evil? Hell portal. Portal to hell is what his concert looked like. Who got to Travis Scott? Who does he look to spiritually? Is this a satanic ritual of some kind of the modern day? That's what it looked like. These are the questions that have to be asked. That's why I did an episode on Travis Scott. So I hope you've enjoyed this show. I'm going to leave you on a la one last story. Lighthearted man wearing a full ninja garb attacked a U.S. Army Special Operations Unit in California. And it happened at an airport in Kern County, north of Los Angeles. It was the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment. And these military personnel, Special Operations Unit, were at the airport part of a training exercise when a staff sergeant he was smoking a late night cigarette near the airport hangar when an unknown person wearing a full ninja garb approached him with one question do you know who i am the man asked and the sergeant reportedly said he did not do you know where my family is the man asked and the sergeant reportedly said he did not know and when he said this the ninja slashed at him with a katana sword. And this is a real story. There's a police report and everything. The sergeant ran, reportedly, jumped a fence, and reached a building with other members of his special operations unit. He and the captain locked the doors and called 911. And meanwhile, the ninja's kicking and punching at the doors and windows. So you have uh, the special operations unit together locked themselves inside they called 911 the police report cited at least one victim and 26 special operations military members hunkered down in a hangar wondering where help is now if that if that's not the uh, <laughs> I read that story and and I, I cracked up I don't know if it made you laugh or maybe I I read through the story too fast but a special operations unit, you think that they'd be able to handle a ninja. And they couldn't. He had a katana sword. And uh, apparently when the police came, bullets were ineffective. He almost got away. But a taser uh, reportedly took down the ninja. And he was identified as uh, 
I don't have the name here, but uh, I looked it up. The guy, I think, is a professional wrestler. And now he's going to be looking at a long, lengthy jail sentence. So mental illness, people. Mental illness is a real thing. And why did the special operations unit have to call the police? You'd think that they'd have weapons or they'd be able to handle a ninja. But the katana sword, if you see a ninja with a katana sword, you don't want to mess around with that. You, you don't. I mean, you've seen enough ninja movies to know guns have no impact with a, with a ninja. That is strangely what happened when the police came and they shot they shot at him because he took out his katana sword and they shot at him but the bullets were ineffective according to the police report they had to tase him so this guy almost got killed lucky uh, lucky to be alive really and again mental illness is a real thing so what would you do if you were attacked by a ninja if, if a ninja asks if do you do you know where your family, do you know where my family is? That's when you run. You run right when he asks, do you know where my family is? You got to get the hell out of Dodge. Kingston Country. You've been listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. 